This morning, uh, I want to share with you, uh, well, let's start with this. Uh, is there anything that you love so much or that you are so passionate about that it just kind of bubbles up inside of you and it comes out? Maybe for some of you, it's your work. Maybe it's um, a hobby you have. Maybe it's your kids or your grandkids. Um, I don't know what that looks like, but we're all passionate about something. And it's ironic because when we're passionate about it, even if we try to like just make it our thing and go, well, I'm just gonna kind of make this my, my, my private interest or this thing that I'm passionate about, but it may not fit for everybody else. It actually comes out of us and we, we can't help but talk about it, think about it and ultimately be consumed by it. And it distracts us in the middle of maybe your work day. Maybe it's not work related, but you're at work thinking about whatever it is that you're so passionate about, that you're so in love with. Uh, maybe it's something that you're constantly coming back to and like everything you do, you're like, oh, I, I see hints of my passion in that area or in that thing or when I'm at the grocery store or when I'm having a conversation with, with a coworker or with a friend or with a, a, a classmate. And maybe you even have dreams about it and maybe sometimes it wakes you up in the middle of the night and you're like, wow, I've probably been thinking about this topic or this thing a little much. Uh, maybe you find yourself inserting uh, said passion or said love in the middle of a conversation, something like, I want a Toyota 4Runner. And everybody's like, what? And yes, if I'm being brutally honest, I have had an unhealthy obsession over the past couple of months that I am hopeful to someday get a Toyota 4Runner to go off-roading, take my family with me, take Mariah and Judah, have some fun, explore new places. But the reality is this is not the time or the place to talk about that. So I'm sorry, forgive me, but what can I say? I'm guilty of wanting an off-road truck. Look, <laughs> Mariah will confirm that it's been an, probably an unhealthy obsession of mine over the past little while. She even asked me last night, she said, do you think about trucks and cars more than you think about me? <laughs> and I <laughs> replied obviously with absolutely not, babe. No, of course not. And I meant it, it's true. But I'm not gonna lie, I still probably spend a little bit too much time exploring, searching Facebook Marketplace for, you know, the perfect truck, the one that, that, that I might be able to afford someday one day. But uh, yeah, I gotta put that aside. Sorry, but let's refocus for a minute to the important things that we should be consumed by, that we should be most passionate about, right? Which is being consumed by the Father and his love. Let's take a moment to pray together. Father God, we are here for you. We love you. We want to receive your love and understand the love that you're pouring out on us. Father, help us to understand and have the ability to be vulnerable as we open ourselves up to you this morning, Lord God, to hear from your word, Lord, to understand in a greater measure how deep, how wide, how long, and how great your love is for us. Lord, that it might transform us and transform the way that we live, transform our time with you in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. amen. Well, the focal point of this morning's message surrounds this statement. It said, our understanding and our experience of the Lord's love will certainly overwhelm and consume us. And that understanding and experience will lead us to directly giving him the praise, the thanks, the honor, and the glory that he deserves, that he is worthy of. And we'll begin with this first point, which is understanding what his love is for us, understanding how great, how vast it is. 
Because we've got to start there and then we'll understand how that leads us into a place of worship. If you've got your Bible with you, open it up to Ephesians chapter three. We'll be in verse 18 and 19. I apologize in advance. You guys, many of you that have been a part of Hope for some time are used to having our notes in, in uh, the YouVersion Bible app, and I apologize. I missed the mark in getting them in there on time, uh, but feel free to still follow along uh, in the YouVersion Bible app you can find uh, in Ephesians chapter three, verse 18 and 19. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it says this. It says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now let's dissect, dissect those verses here for a moment. There's a mention of understanding or comprehending and then there's also the concept of experience or to know, as if you go in and do a, a word study on the, the Greek word that describes experience, it's directly translated, it actually refers back to know intimately. So when we talk about experiencing God, it's knowing him intimately. It's knowing him on a personal level, like few other people we know, like, like we allow a few other people to know us. So there's this concept of understanding and comprehension, but also the concept of experience and knowing in a deep personal way. Let's start with understanding. We know his love by understanding the sacrifice that he has made for us. Love is more than a feeling, right? Those of you that are logically wired that your brains work more as in, in black and white, maybe in more so of clear understandings of how things work, right? I'm here to tell you love is not just a feeling. So you can't check out on me this morning. You can't just go, well, I, I, I don't deal with emotions. I put those aside and I just deal with logic. No, love is an action. It's the action that proves how much we care. And I know that even though those of you that are logical still care about things in your life, there's still things that you're passionate and that matter to you. So love is the action of proving how much you care. Prime example, when Jesus said in John 15 that it is no greater love than to lay down your life for a friend. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Yet he had no sin. So our sacrifice of laying down our life for a friend is a tremendous act of love, but his is that much greater because he had nothing, no reason to die. He took our sin because he loves us and he always loves us first. Scripture tells us, like it said here in verse 18 and 19, that his love is deeper than any ocean. It's higher than any cloud or any planet. It's wider than any piece of land and longer than any distance that we could travel. It cannot be contained. And that's what makes it overwhelming. The immeasurability of it. And as verse 19 says, it's too great to understand fully. So even those of us that sometimes tap into our logic, many of us men, we're not gonna be able to fully understand the love of God. Can we be okay with that? Or do we get stuck on going, no, 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 it has to fit in my box. It has to fit the measurables in my life. Because the reality is scripture says it very plainly there. It says that his love is too great to fully understand. 
And so now for those of you that would say you're maybe more in touch with your emotions, I wanna ask you this, have you ever been overwhelmed by emotion? Those of you that have know what I'm talking about and those of you that haven't may not realize it, but you have been too. Let me paint a little picture for you for a moment. When you're experiencing excitement or fear or maybe an amusement at something or, or maybe even pain, your heart stops beating for a second. You lose control of your breathing. Your sight goes a bit blurry and you're not aware of time. You get disoriented. The room feels like it's spinning and you're asking the questions, what just happened? Your mind goes blank. And it's too much for your brain to handle. It's too much to process. Your body is even out of your own control. But now, if you take that overwhelming feeling that maybe you felt before, whether it was a good experience or a negative experience, I want you to imagine it with the comfort, the peace, the joy, the confidence, the rest that you've never felt before, that all of a sudden you have a peace that literally does not make sense. It doesn't logically fit with the circumstances you're living through. When you have a comfort and a confidence that all of the things, all the steps are not lining up, but you are confident that the sun will rise tomorrow and it will be a better day than today was, right? But there's only one way that you really experienced that overwhelming peace, that overwhelming confidence, that overwhelming hope. It's through knowing the love of Jesus. It's experiencing the love of our God. And if you've never been overwhelmed by the love of God like that, if you've never had that confidence or you've never had that level of hope before, I want you to be encouraged this morning. You can wrestle with it. The Lord is okay with us asking questions to try to understand him, to try to get to know him, to come to a personal, intimate relationship with him. He's okay with that. I wanna encourage you to wrestle more with understanding of his love and to ask him to encounter you with his love and recognize that you'll never be the same. He loves you so much that he has thoughts about you that you can't even number or count. Psalm 139, verse 17 and 18 says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you still are with me. And now let's talk about for a moment when we've been overwhelmed by the love of God, where it leads us. As Ephesians 3.19 said in the second half of that two verses that we originally read, it talks about the fullness of power and life that are from God that completes us. And it's displayed through our worship. It makes us powerful because of who the Lord is, not because of us. It makes us bold, but it's also authentic to who we are. It's full of life, it's full of joy, and it's full of hope. Then worship begins to pour out of us, like my need for a forerunner. But again, wrong thing shouldn't be consuming me. 
we actually worship, actually our worship of God should be what's pouring out of us. Like water, like a water balloon exploding after being filled beyond its capacity, the love of God bursts within us. It's the verse that we quote every single week when we leave hope, when we leave hope. Romans 15, 13, that may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trusted him that you might what? Overflow with hope, right? It's an overflow, it's an outpouring. It's not something that we contain that we keep to ourselves. It bursts within us, we're consumed with it. And so out of our mouths and out of our lives, the overflow of the love that God has shown us pours out in worship. Now, for those of you that have been raised in the church or have heard many sermons about worship, I'm sure you've heard the phrase that worship is more than songs we sing on a Sunday. And I will say that is true. There is truth in that statement. It is more. By definition, worship is expressing a feeling of reverence and adoration towards someone or something. We express or display through more than words our actions and the emotions that we communicate, right? When we express how we're feeling, sometimes it doesn't come out in words, but our body language very much shows what we're passionate about. It very much shows how we're feeling. It shows what we have inside of us. It's how we communicate even when we're not trying to. Anybody ever looked at somebody and they go, oh no, I'm good, I'm having a great day. And then the second they stop talking, their face goes to this. And you're like, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Like, our worship comes out in the same way. It does come out in the way that we live. It comes out in the way that we treat our coworkers. We can say, man, I love Jesus and the love of God is in my heart and go to work and treat our, employ treat our employees or our coworkers like garbage. And they're like, wait a minute, that's not what you're saying doesn't line up with what you're communicating to me. We've gotta make sure that our worship of the Lord is expressed in the way that we live and the actions that we take. Everything we say and do are testaments of the identity that we have at our core. It's what's in our heart. But if I'm going back on that statement that worship is more than singing songs on a Sunday morning, that statement is true, but it can be very easy for us to write off that because everything in life is worship, it's not a big deal for us to come in on a Sunday morning. We don't need to sing. It's, it's not a priority for us to come and take a time to honor the Lord with our song, with singing, with giving him specific words of saying, Lord, you are good and you are worthy to be praised. You are higher than anything else I'm walking, with, walking through or dealing with or facing. You are greater and more mighty than any battles that I'm wrestling with or any oppression or weight that I am feeling. It's too easy to write those things off and say, well, worship is just the way I live. But there's a clear need for a time to come in and to worship the Lord. The Apostle Paul calls for churches worldwide to gather and to sing and worship and praise in nearly every book he writes. Romans, 1 Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians, and many more. Don't believe me, go read it for yourself. He doesn't just say live a life of worship. He talks about them intentionally gathering together to worship the Lord together in one voice and in one song. I'm not saying it's more important than living a life of worship. 
but it is equally as important and equally as necessary. The word sing occurs in scripture more than 140 times. Dozens and dozens of psalms in the book of Psalms are songs of praise to the Lord. All throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, everywhere you look, there are groups of God's children coming together to worship the Lord. Whether it was the Israelites in the Old Covenant or the church after it had been established in the New Testament, living by the New Covenant. They would gather together to sing and honor the Lord with their praise. It's how we celebrate the Lord and who he is and all that he has done for us and all that he will do. We all have a reason to sing. We all have a reason to celebrate. And you may even struggle to go, well, I haven't seen God do anything for me lately. But if you look at that cross, you need to understand that that was more than enough. That he didn't even owe you that. He didn't owe me that. But yet he loved enough that he would sacrifice first, that he would show his great love for us first. That's our reason to celebrate right there. That's our reason to come in and sing and go, I don't care what everybody else around me thinks. I don't care what they think of my voice. I don't care what they think about the way I dance and shout and, and praise the Lord with all that I have and all that's within me. It's how we celebrate his love for us. It's not about us. I think that was one of the wisest things that Pastor Mike challenged me with as I was talking to him about preparing this sermon and praying through this. He goes, you need to make sure that you're reminded and you remind our church family that worship is not about us. It's not. So when we come in going, I don't feel like it, or I'm embarrassed, or I this, or me that, our head's in the wrong place, guys. Our heart's in the wrong place. And I'm telling you because I love you. I'm not telling you to come down hard on you. I'm wanting to encourage you to go, if we can put ourselves aside, if we can not worry about ourselves for some moments there, we can allow ourselves to be transformed by the Lord and go, you know what? I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough singer. I'm not uh, uh, comfortable in what I'm doing, but he's worthy. But I love him. And I understand the love that he has for me to the best that I can. Let me get off my soapbox for a moment. Can y'all tell I'm a worship leader? Read with me in Romans chapter five. It'll be on the screen. Verse one, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Somebody needs to say praise God right there. It will not lead us to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we, utter, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. 
Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, like we said earlier, right? No greater love is there than to die or sacrifice our sacrifice our son, our, our <laughs> sacrifice ourselves for a friend or a family member, is what Jesus said. But yet, even then, most of us would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for someone who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Jesus Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For our, since our friendship with God has restored, was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. The words rejoice, joy, and joyfully in that section are all translated from the original Greek word, kauhaumai, which is to exult or to show jubilee and celebration. We cannot simply read Romans 5 and not celebrate who, who has saved us even while we were still sinners because of his great love. Can I get an amen? amen? Not because of me, not because of anything I've done, not because of you or anything you have done or will do. It's because of his great love for us even while we were still sinners even while we still fall short of the glory of God, as scripture says. His grace and his mercy is new every single morning. And then there's this third thought, sharing our joy of worshiping for more than just ourselves. Remember, I shared with you what Pastor Mike said that worship is not about us. That's a personal thought. But the reality is there are people that come into this church, there better be people that come into this church that have never heard the name of Jesus, that maybe have only heard of him in concept, but don't know him personally, they don't know him intimately. And that's when worship is not about you personally, but there is a value, a tremendous value in our worship that edifies, that glorifies, that encourages the body of Jesus Christ, which is all of us as believers, sinners and saints. So we share in the joy that we have in Jesus. Our worship is far more than just for us personally. It affects others. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15 through 19 says this. Let me give a little context real quick. Paul's talking to the church of Corinth and he's hearing stories of them wanting to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit to build them up, to strengthen them. And Paul's challenging them. He's saying, wait a minute. It is important to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but don't get lost. We worship in spirit and in truth, as Jesus laid the perfect example and said directly when he was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. Paul's challenging them. He's saying, wait a minute. Don't get lost trying to only worship in the spirit to only try to use spiritual gifts because then you're making it about yourself and you're not even fully comprehending 
the miraculous connection that's happening between you and the Lord and the other people around you may not even fully understand what's going on if you're only praising, if you're only praying, if you're only singing in the spirit. So he's bringing them a little bit down to earth for a moment. And he says this, he says, well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit and I will also pray in words that I understand. I will sing in the spirit and I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? It's talking about exactly what we've been discussing this morning, that praise is more than about us. It's more than about us personally. It's more than even about our personal relationship with the Lord. How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. He didn't say it won't strengthen me as your heavenly father. Oh, by the way, he doesn't need our strength. But he says it won't strengthen the people who hear you. And then Paul gets a little arrogant here for a moment because he's still human, he's not Jesus. But he gets a little arrogant here in this next verse and he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But notice he, he's quickly corrected and humbled as he comes back in the next verse and he says, but in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Did you notice what he said even there once again? He said, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Notice the emphasis he puts on the people around him, the people around us as we worship the Lord in our song, in our prayers. The priority he makes for us understanding and making sure the people around us understand. We're not doing it to go, hey, follow me as I follow Christ, which you could do, which is what Paul says. But he's saying to make sure people understand so they can be encouraged. So their faith can be built once again. Our worship is for the body of Christ, which includes all believers. Our worship is for the unbeliever as well, for those that come into a place like this and go, okay, you're singing songs to this God that you cannot see and you're lifting your hands to who? But when you're singing and you're worshiping, there's no way someone can walk into a room of authentic prayer and worship, praise and worship, and not feel the presence of the living God. It's for the, all the believers and unbelievers. As worship is lifted up to the Father, it alters the events around it as well. Peoples and spiritual beings will either join in our worship or they will succumb to the Lord's power. Just to name a few examples for you here real briefly. When the walls of Jericho, Jericho came crashing down in Joshua 6, it wasn't from a physical push. It wasn't from a machine. It wasn't from a bulldozer that pushed over the walls. It was from the worship and the shouts 
of praise to the Lord that brought the walls down in Jericho. When King Saul began to be tormented by evil spirits because he was no longer carrying the anointing of the Lord as the leader of Israel, because he had stepped outside of the covenant with the Lord and he needed some reprieve, some rest. It says that David, who was not yet the next king, would come and play for him on his harp. And it says that the tormenting spirits would be put to rest. They would be silenced and stopped because of the praise, because of the songs, the melodies that would be played in the king's courts. Y'all, this one got me. I was reading through it last night and it literally messed me up. In 2 Chronicles 20, there's the story of enemy soldiers that went into confusion and self-destruction because King Jehoshaphat obeyed the word of the Lord when he cried out before the Lord and he said, Lord, I've seen your faithfulness. I've seen all that you have done in my ancestors' lives throughout the time in the history of Israel. I've seen the way that you've come through, but here we are standing overwhelmed by the enemy of people that are trying to kill us and destroy us in front of us. What are we going to do? God, save us. He said, Lord, what are we gonna do? And it said that to one man who was a part of the congregation, a part of the group of that tribe stepped up and shared with them and said, you're simply to send out the worshipers before you send out the warriors. And it says that when King Jehoshaphat heard that in the assembly of the people, he bowed low before the Lord because he knew that that was the answer to send out the worshipers before the soldiers to face people in a moment of battle. It says that it sent confusion all throughout the opposing tribes, the opposing warriors. It says that they began to kill each other and destroy each other instead of coming after the Israelites. Because there was confusion when, they th- when the worshipers went out and sang, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his faithful love endures forever. That's it. Our worship has the power over humans and spirits of evil. Our worship is supernatural too. Don't be misled to the power that your worship has. Let's circle back for a moment, back to Ephesians 3, where we started this morning. We originally read verses 18 and 19 that talked about the love of the Lord for us. It talked about how deep, how wide, how high, how great his love is for us. But now I wanna go back a few verses before that. Verse six says, and this is God's plan both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news shared equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. And then as we skip ahead to verse 10 and 11, it says, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul's describing the 
miraculous, mysterious plan of God for salvation for both Jews and Gentiles, which includes us, who choose to believe the good news of Jesus Christ. And his purpose was to use the church, which includes us, to show Satan and all of the supernatural beings that through his love for us, that he is the wise supreme ruler. Our worship changes things not only in the physical that we can see, but in the supernatural around us, in the heaviness that weighs on you that you can't quite put your finger on and you go, I don't understand what is weighing me down. I don't understand why I feel overwhelmed with my thoughts, with my emotions. I'm not here to argue because I absolutely believe that depression and anxiety are very real things that very practically can happen that do sometimes need treatment by medication or by therapy. But I'm also here to tell you that there are times where you feel a depression and an overwhelmed anxiety that is not of God, that you have the ability to overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit through your worship. Be able to discern the time and the place for what is the necessary step. The only way we do that is by going to a loving, everlasting God and saying, Lord, guide me and direct my steps. But begin to worship no matter what, because he's worthy of your praise, no matter the outcome, no matter how quickly the freedom and the peace comes, or maybe no matter how long it may take. Worship him because he's good and he's worthy to be praised at all times. I know I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you, but hang with me. Romans 15, but in a different place. Verse five. May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. So then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you this morning that we will honor the Lord when we share in his joy with the unity of us as a body of Christ. In Revelation, it talks about in the end times, whenever that time comes, when Jesus returns to this earth, it says that all the saints and all the angels, as Heather led us so beautifully in that song of worthy of it all, all the saints and all the angels, all the elders and the apostles that have gone before us and every one of us as body of believers and everyone that comes after us and even those who didn't acknowledge the Lord as king of their life will bow down low before the Lord and sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. So if you don't sing now, you will. Guys, it's not about the talent. It's not about something special in our our gifting. It's about a heart of surrender and a recognition of the love that our God has for us that we can't help but burst at the seams with praise and thanksgiving because his love for us is so great. Even in Deuteronomy 32, it says that one can put 1,000 to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight. So how much more powerful is it when we sing in one voice and of one song together to give glory to the Lord and to demolish the forces of hell? 
And I'll close with these thoughts. How can we be the church of Jesus Christ and not declare his love and his glory with the praises and the worship that we bring? This morning, do you need a fresh understanding of his love for you? Do you need a reminder of how much he loves you and how much he cares for you, that he would die for you right where you are, right here, right now, even knowing all the things that have been in your past, all the things that you've done and all the things that have been done to you. If you need that reminder to understand the depth of his love, here it is. If you need to experience his love once again, to be overwhelmed by his presence, this is your moment. This is your time. May our understanding and our experience of the Lord's love overwhelm us and consume us. And may we understand and experience his love in a way that leads us to giving him the praise, the thanks, and the worship that he deserves. If you would, I know this might be different for you. Would you stand to your feet for a moment? I wanna read this Psalm for you. Psalm 96 says this. I would encourage you just even close your eyes for a moment. Let, this, let these words sink in. Psalm 96. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord and praise his name. Each day, proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things that he does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of all other nations are mere idols, but the Lord, our God, made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty fill his sanctuary. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is gracious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory that he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in all of his, glory, all of his holy splendor. Let all of the earth tremble before him. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. He will judge all peoples fairly. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. And let the trees of the forest sing with joy before the Lord, for he is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with his truth. Reminds me of a Christmas song that we'll probably sing here very soon. 
verse two, says that he rules the world with truth and grace and makes his nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. 